following is a letter to the editor, which appeared in Nantucket's newspaper, The Inquirer and Mirror, in 1942. It was titled, The Trip Across the Sound, read by Lynn Bolton. To the editor of The Inquirer and Mirror. A letter in the current Inquirer mentions ghosts. And this reminds me of something rather odd that happened about 15 years ago. It's an incident I've told to only two or three people, because I'm not given to seeing things, and the whole affair makes me feel a trifle foolish. However, here it is. All winter long, I used to look forward to making the trip from New York to Nantucket by boat, either on the New Bedford or the Fall River line, according to my luck in getting a stateroom. Almost everyone on the boat retired to the staterooms at an early hour, shortly after dinner. Not I. After waiting a year, I didn't want to miss anything, so I used to stay up long after everyone else had left the decks and the salons. The cold wind would eventually drive me from the bow to the stern, but I stayed out until half frozen, then had my choice of deep, comfortable chairs just inside where I could read. One summer, I took the Fall River line and, as usual, took my final constitutional around the deck a little before midnight. The wind was blowing a gale that night, and the sky was overcast, but there was no fog. I struggled through the wind, and it was blowing great guns in the bow, so I went into the salon and settled down with my book. It wasn't a mystery story, just a prosaic and rather dull novel. It gradually dawned on me that someone was looking at me. We all get that feeling, and look up to see who it could be. I raised my eyes. And somewhat to my astonishment, I saw a woman out on the deck looking through the window into the salon. She was not looking at me, however, but around the salon as though searching for someone. My only reaction at first was to wonder how I had missed seeing her, for I had just walked entirely around the deck until I once more reached the bow where I nearly blew overboard. Everyone else had gone to bed, and we were the only two people left. I looked at her curiously, puzzled by the way she was dressed. Her head and shoulders were visible as she stood there looking in, and the unsuitability of her wearing apparel, what I could see of it, aroused my curiosity. She wore a flimsy-brimmed hat, white or pale pink, and over the hat a wide chiffon scarf was loosely tied with the ends draped lightly around her neck. The top of her dress and the upper part of the sleeves were very filmy and lacy, and she seemed to have no coat. The effect was old-fashioned and made me think of those old automobile pictures, the woman sitting very straight and high with an enormous veil tied over her hat. She might have been dressed for a garden party or even a wedding, I could not distinguish her features, but caught a general expression of wistfulness. Thinking it rude to stare at her so hard, I glanced down at my book again and almost instantly stole another look at the window, but she was gone. Not thinking at all of anything ghostly, but merely curious, I went out on deck through the door near the window. I couldn't find her. I wrapped my heavy coat tightly about me and braving the wind, made the entire circuit of the deck. I couldn't understand where she'd gone. 
There was no exit, no stairs nearby, and it had seemed an easy matter to overtake her. So I gave up and went down to bed. No sooner had I settled myself comfortably when a sudden thought wrapped into my brain and sent cold chills down my spine. The woman was no illusion formed by mist and fog. I saw her plainly. But when I went out on deck to look for her, I could hardly stand on my feet because of the gale, and yet she had been standing on the most unprotected spot on the deck, clad in a flimsy gown, wearing a wide chiffon scarf over a broad-brimmed hat, and nothing was blowing. She was not holding on to her hat. In that wind, normally, the scarf would have whipped round and the hat would be in the ocean. Not one bit of lace or chiffon was stirring in the wind. The only movement was the turning of her head as she peered wistfully around the salon. Well, that's all there is to the incident. I got up early next morning and watched people get off the boat, but she was nowhere to be seen. I told someone about her just the other day, and he made a rather disturbing remark. He vaguely remembered a tragedy in the days of the Fall River Line, something about a honeymoon couple traveling on the boat and the sudden death of the little bride. Sometimes I wonder whether the story could have an explanation. Sincerely, Marjorie Divin, New York, New York. This programming was made possible by the generous contributions of our loyal supporters and patrons like you. You are the makers of great theater on Nantucket, and we thank you. For more information about White Heron Theater and our company, including ways to support programs like this one, please visit us at whiteherontheater.org or give us a call at 508-228-2156. We're saving your seat.